Hey, welcome back to Bobblehead Podcast as we continue our series of listener um, submitted questions. Today we talk about an, an interesting one, one that's a little bit deeper, a little bit more intense than some of the ones we, we traditionally talk about, and it's setting boundaries in conversations. Um, we talk through you know, personal conversations and people that you may have, uh, friends you may have and influences you may have in life and how to set boundaries with them. But then we step over to the work side and we have a very frank conversation about how the words that you say and the communication that you send out to colleagues and um, you know, bosses and subordinates alike can put the company at exposure. So Tim and I iterate on it really well. Um, I think you guys are gonna get some good stuff out of this. So let's get started. Placed it and, and that's better, but still there's a balance between like the longer you're in the air, the more of an exposed target you are at the same time. So it's about finding a descent rate that gets you to the ground quick enough to where like only seven to 10% of you are gonna get hurt, but you, you at least have a chance. And the other thing they do is they make them basically 100% non-steerable because the last thing that they want is just 200 dudes other. in the air at the same time. Yeah. And, and like you just end up in one big knot. We used to yeah. call them sky sharks. Like you just have a sky shark just <laughs> flying back and forth across the sky. And when you, like on steerable yeah. stuff, you had to be super careful because it was very easy to, you to get, get tangled up. Or it, even if you pass underneath somebody else, yeah. you can steal their air and it causes the shoe to collapse. Oh, and then wow. so what, and I've seen it happen countless times. It, it, they end up, it's called a leapfrog. Oh really? Leapfrogging each other, and basically you just hope you're not the last one, or you hope that when you when you catch enough air, you can pull far enough away to right. where you don't steal the person's air again. That's why they say the, the one of the rules of the air is the lower jumper always has the right away. So like if you find yourself drifting towards somebody who's underneath you, you best slip away, away as best as you can, because right. if not, then then you, you may lose your air and go underneath him, or you may lose air and go straight into his canopy. I've seen all that happen too, and and that's a bad day for everybody. Can't imagine because you're basically at that point in time you're cutting, you're trying well, to cut. You, you, you don't even reserve. try to cut away. You just deploy your reserve. You just try to clear enough space to where you deploy your reserve parachute. Yeah. And most reserves, okay, depending on the res- yeah yeah the T11 reserve is is designed to be able to safely deliver like two combat equipped jumpers to the ground. Okay, but you know like the old like the steerable style. If you get tangled up with somebody, it's not designed to hold that much weight and it will cause the chute to collapse. So if you're jumping a steerable and you get tangled up with somebody, the first thing you do is pop your reserve. Okay. To get as much silk in the air as possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I've jumped one time and it was with a tandem, right? Of course. Yeah. And uh, as a guy that's scared of heights, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It's not even about heights when you're- It's not. Because the first five seconds, it is just pure terror. Mm-hmm. Of I just jumped out of an airplane and you realize you just jumped out of an airplane. But once you get kind of settled after like four seconds, it actually is pretty cool. Yeah. It's just, it's, you kind of get used to it. You don't feel, you don't feel like you're falling at that point in time. It's just, at that point in time, it's just wind. Yeah. And I also learned you keep your mouth closed. <laughs> yep. So I like being a teenage boy. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard to. It's really hard to. Oh man. So uh, anyway, so we we just uh, finished a podcast that um, we never even got to the topic. Topic. In fact, I don't think um, I think we're still on the series of uh, uh, listener questions. Yeah. And so I don't even know what the listener question is for today. So our our producer is going to have to our esteemed, our esteemed producer is going to have to tell us what that is. Okay, well, you can just tell me. Oh, okay. Okay, let's let's start with I like the first one. I like let's let's 
How do you set boundaries? We'll answer in them in order. How do you set oh, ban- boundaries in a conversation? And, and and this can probably be in we'll, we'll take couple situations. We'll take a social situation and then we'll take a professional situation. Yeah, I'll file that under um things that I'm not good at for a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's let's start with uh, social situations okay. first. And actually I think you're actually pretty good with this. You say that, but um so let's let's quick talk quickly talk about why do you, why would you ever want to set a boundary in a social 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 conversation? Oh man, I can think of a thousand reasons why. You know, I, I think all too often sometimes in those conversations it gets taken to a to to a place by a person that tends to do it frequently, like we know who the people are that we have to set boundaries for mm-hmm. the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they tend to take the conversation to a place that we don't want to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's yeah. too personal or, or maybe even too professional or, or, yeah. or something like that. It just, you end up, if you're not careful and if you don't set boundaries, you'll end up in a whole different conversation that you never intended to be in in the first yeah. place. To me, that what comes to mind is people that like to, uh, they look they're they're chitty chatty and they like to, um, maybe, tell you what's going on in their neighbor's life or the rumor people. Right. And so that that's the ones that I find the most difficult times because you were having a conversation and, and I think it's, it's a matter of some people want to be comfortable. And so to be comfortable, they feel like they have to just talk. Ah. And sometimes what's on their mind and things are talk is, Hey, they might be interested in hearing the latest gossip about this or that. Right. And you know, what I've learned about that is, you know, the same person that's going to tell you something about someone else is the same same person that's going to turn around and tell some someone else something about you, right? And so what I've learned is to quickly set those boundaries in those situations when they go off on telling you about so-and-so, so-and-so is I have to shut that conversation down quickly. And so, you know, the question would be, and this, I'll, I'll pose it to you, how do you do that? How would you go about shutting that down in a, a kind and gentle way without hurting their feelings, but letting basically letting them know that I'm not interested in having this conversation? I'm pretty pretty upfront about it. Is I'm just like, you know, man, like like that's not that's not my business. I don't yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah. How's the family? You know, just yeah. set set quick boundaries and then try to redirect the conversation. That's exactly what I do. Is as I don't even talk about I don't even say I don't want to hear about that. I just act like he didn't he or she didn't even say it. Like they just went on and on about this and I just completely redirect the conversation to another topic. And that does two things. Number one, pretty clear that I don't want to get into that. Right. And two, it's, I usually don't have a problem with that. The second time I ever see those people and have a conversation because they know real quick that that's not what I am and they're not going to bring that up again. So I'm there, I'm setting a boundary without having, without having to have that discussion with them or scold them about, you know, don't talk to me like that or don't tell me. If I just change the subject, people, I've never had anybody not get it. Yeah. Right. And I guess for me, it depends on how well I know the person. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I know them, if I don't know them well, but I know of them and I'm in a mm-hmm. conversation, I'll generally go for the, the just the redirect with a mm-hmm. question. But if it's somebody that I know, like, a, you know, an acquaintance that I'm pretty yeah. comfortable with, yeah, I'll, I'll, I have a tendency to call it out. Be like, dude, yeah. that's not, that's, that's inappropriate. Like, yeah. you know, I don't even like talking about that stuff. Like, just let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way they know. And, and again, yeah. what's funny is the, that type of person, you can say everything in the world, but it's never going to sink in. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. And, and to me, what works is also a, come on, man. Yeah. You know, that's, I, you're better than that. I, I don't, you know, I don't believe that. And I don't know if you believe that or not. So let's, let's just not. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I, I don't ever want to scold someone because that's just not my place. And I don't want to judge someone because that's not my place. But I, it's important people to know that I, I don't do that. I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that conversation because the next thing you know, what's going to happen is, well, I was talking to Davin yep. and Davin said, well, actually, Davin didn't say anything. You just said something to Davin, but all of a sudden they're pulling you into it because the reason that people want to tell you that in the first place is they want to feel better about what they're saying. And if you and if they tell you that they think and you don't say anything, then you agree with it. And so they got one more person to kind of jump on that, whether that's true or not. Yeah, you're com- basically complicit because you're yeah. willing, you were willing to hear it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I just try to avoid those type of people anyway. And, yeah. and we we all we all know them. Yeah. They're always going to be part of your life, but. Yeah. The fewer people you have like that in your life, the universally, the better you're going to be. Yep, no doubt. So that's kind of an, in a, and we've kind of talked about some ways kind of telling you what a rumor is in the middle of a private com- or, a, or a personal conversation, non-professional. Um, but let's kind of move it over to workplace. And, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's things that we can say to certain people and th- certain things we can't say. And especially as a leader, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things we just don't, it's not necessary to have a conversation with someone that's not on the leadership team about, right? Whether that's something that we're struggling with as an organization that doesn't affect them or something we're trying to figure out what's going on. And so to know when do I talk to others in the organization about this or how I feel about this and when do I not? So why don't, why don't you jump into that? Cause we've had some of that happen in the yeah. last year or two. You know, I think so much of it is it's a foundation. It's a culture. Right, of, of the types of conversations that you're willing to have inside of an organization. And, and I think that we've, we've done a pretty good job of, of having a climate that fosters the, the right types of conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I know, and, and I, this is something I picked up from, from military stuff is like, I don't have those types of conversations with, with the people that I'm fortunate enough to lead. Mm-hmm. Like my problems and the conversations that I have shouldn't be their problems. Right. So I share zero information with like inroads on company business, financial information, anything that could be potentially harmful for the organization or harmful, frankly, for that person's mindset if they know too much about, you know, like the, the financial ongoings of the company. Right. That could be harmful for them. Like I just I try to avoid that. And then there's conversations that are obviously had behind closed doors on executive teams or teams in general, right? Mm. But you you have to know your audience, but also don't say things that you can't take back. That's I'm glad you brought that up. That's huge. And we talk about communication a lot, especially with spouses. Is you and I have that conversation a lot. Is you know you can say something and you can say something wrong or something bad with your personal friends or your family or whatever, and you can ask for forgiveness and they can forgive you. But the reality is that scar is there and it mm-hmm. always will be, and you can't take it away. It's the same way professionally. Yeah. It's some, some things you just can't take back. Yeah. And, and especially and this gets so many organizations is, you know, in, in a mixed gender or even really same gender, you know, they, you say things that 99 times out of a hundred would be okay, whatever mm-hmm. that means. And it's that hundred time. Yep. And, and we always, we always kind of throw this pity party party for ourselves. Well, it was okay. 99 times out of a hundred. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it, it was never acceptable to have that conversation. Yeah. You just got away with it 99 times. Exactly. And a yeah. hundred times that you got caught for it. Like if you, if you didn't have that conversation, if it was zero out of a hundred, then you wouldn't be exposed. You wouldn't be liable for the words that came out of your mouth. Right. So just, just don't use those kind of words. Don't use those kind of actions. Always have those boundaries in place. And if you want to have, you know, uncomfortable, you know, raunchy conversations happen with your friends or with your spouse or somebody that's outside of a, of a professional atmosphere that can ultimately put your company at very, very high risk. And, and that's really hard for people that are work at home. Yeah. So, cause usually what you do is you build this barrier around your office building in this, in these four walls 
I, we don't talk about this or whatever. And then, but once we're out as friends, we go have a beer, whatever we can, you know, let down and talk about whatever. But when you're your home office, then you gotta be careful because you feel like it's, you know, you're talking to someone else is not in the building. And so you have the freedom to have these conversations and that doesn't make it okay either because you're on company time or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And so it's still, you know, it still leaves you liable. I think we all want to feel like we're connected. I think that's right. And I think that's why a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, it's the same thing of, you know, if, if I were to steal a pen from the company every day and 99 times I got away with it. Well, after about the 30th time, I think, Oh, that's cool. Everybody probably does. It's not a big deal. But that hundredth time you get busted and you get fired or disciplined or whatever. And you're like, well, wait a minute. What's, what's the big deal? Yeah. And so just because you've gotten used to it and it's a habit of yours, just because you haven't gotten caught, doesn't make it right. And it's the same way with, with boundaries, with conversations is just because you've gotten away with saying this or telling jokes or whatever, and you haven't gotten busted on it. There'll be a point where somebody new comes along and they don't appreciate the joke as much as everybody else has in the past. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're getting a call from HR and that's never a good thing. And part of that's the, the back in the day, guys and girls, you know, back in the day, we used to be able to say these things back yeah. in the day. We used to be able to do these things. We used to be able to go here and do this yeah. and say that. And there was no repercussions and it's, it's, they do their best to project it, their shortcomings onto society yeah. and why, you know, how it's a bunch of snowflakes and we just, you know, the yeah. society is too weak when it's in reality, it's your words that were wrong. It's your yeah. actions that are unacceptable. Right. Um, so evolve with the times. It, it, I had to do that in the military. When I first joined the military, the things we used to be able to say and the things we used to be able to do to junior soldiers and to each other mm -hmm. would get you genuinely dishonorably discharged today. Today, right? Yeah. And you can complain about that, but you can complain about that all the way to a to a dishonorable discharge, right. right? And it's the same way if you've been in the workforce for thirty years, and you know, I'm sure back in the '80s you used to be able to do and say things that were much different than they are today. But if you don't adapt, again, you will not might you will cost the organization tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars because of the words that come out of your mouth. Yeah. And, and just remember that, you know, at the end of the day, you're at work. Yeah. You're, you're not with your friends. You're not out and, and you're there to do a job. And if, if the conversation is not about your job or how it affects whatever, it's probably not a good time to, to talk about it um, to the point of, you know, I, I think there's some boundaries that you have to set around relationships with people that you have at work. Yeah. And, you know, you and I have had this conversation on podcast of, you know, I, I know you may love your coworkers and I mean, uh, you, there may be a great culture of quote unquote family, but man, we've been through this work, work friends are not family yeah. and you can say they are, you can treat it as such, but the reality is, you know, family's there forever and workmates and people you work with are not, they move on. They're asked to move on. I mean, it's about the mission and everybody's pulled in. It's like an NFL team, man, just because you have great camaraderie with your teammates this year at the end of the season, there may be four or five or six of them get traded or they move on, but your mission hasn't changed. Yeah. And so I think we take work as, you know, this is our work family. We can't, you know, we've got to protect each other. Well, that's not what it's about. It, it's about the mission. Well, and it's about protecting the organization. Ultimately, yeah. we all have that ethical corporate responsibility is to protect the organization. Right. Not the improprieties of the organization, but but within our daily activities to make sure that we're not causing harm. Yeah. You know, funny story I remember is I hadn't been here that long. And mind you, like I, 
again, all my time in the military, I'm a poet when it comes to using cuss words to get points across. Like it's just, it's a skill that I've, that I've honed in and I've sharpened those edges for many, many years. (laughs) And I'm good at it, frankly, if I can pat myself on the back. Um, we had a, we had a meeting and Beth was on the meeting and and I, I, I I threw out some, some expletives and I, I, I got a rightfully deserved slap on the hand about professional communication with inside of the company and it's something that i took to heart and i don't you probably haven't heard it since. haven't heard it since yeah um because i realized like you know again you think that you're doing it the right way you know this is something that i've always known it's been the operative norm in my mm-hmm. life for a long time but oh wow like i'm stepping yeah. outside of the boundaries of the organization and my my actions my words are beyond not just disrespectful to beth mm-hmm. right and which it was mm-hmm. because like that's not her she doesn't communicate that way right. and so she shouldn't be communicated with that way right but again i was stepping outside of the boundaries of of the organization and potentially yeah. causing risk for us and, and part of it is you know from a from a, a standpoint of comfort you should never be a hundred percent comfortable at your workplace with how you talk and what you talk about right Hey, at home, man, if that's the way you do it at home, then go for it. But workplace, this is not, this is not a place that you should be so comfortable you can talk about anything. Yeah. It's just not. And, and love to say that it is, but it's not. Because, man, there's there's lawsuits and there's <laughs> HR policies and and you may not think much about it, but man, that person you just talked to may not appreciate what you said and the way you said it, or they may have taken it wrong or whatever. And, and so you wind up getting called on the carpet and you get a warning or whatever. So at the end of the day, you just need to think about, it. is it really worth that? Right. Is it worth that conversation? So, you know, recommendation is, is have work boundaries and workplace um, friend boundaries. Now, if you have somebody you work with and y'all go hike on the weekends or go run or do whatever, man, when you're off doing that stuff, you know, have at it. But at the same time, be careful about what what you talk about back at work because that conversation you have with that person about someone else at the job, you may be buddy buddy then, but you know, three weeks from now it may not be you may not be that buddy buddy. And that little conversation you had tends to get back around and somebody found out about it. Yep. And what you thought was, you know, talking to a good buddy or a good girlfriend or that they wouldn't say anything about this. Hey, at the end of the day, you just got to, anybody you say anything to, you better count on it getting back. Well, and you know, wrap it up at this point is use the word discoverable. Yeah. Your work texts, your work chats, your work emails, anything that's tied to your work and in, in the event of a subpoena for some sort of HR related lawsuit or any kind of related lawsuit, yeah. some those, those will be put on display to the world. Oh, they will. Yeah. And you'd better be darn proud and darn willing to accept those things that you said. Yeah. And that not only that you said, but you received Right, because they will be scrutinized, and they they will cost your company a lot of money. I, I think about that every time I send an email, or an IM, or a text internally. Uh, I have to think about what I'm sending right now. Could wind up in a legal record, and I'm, is that something I'm going to be proud of, or something that I'm going to be ashamed of? Yep. And it it's something literally I've you know I used to not, but now I, I literally will not. There's so many things I want to IM just because we're chatting around or we're cutting up or whatever. And I, I, man, I have typed stuff out. And before I say it sends, I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. And just delete it and move on. Yeah. Cause you can debate the merits of it all day long and it doesn't matter, but we live in a litigious world. We do. Um, you know, especially with, with employee employer related, related issues. Um, it's just the way that it is. And you will be held to account for those things. And think about this. Think about the Twitter files going on right now. Yeah. I mean, 
there's a lot of people that just said a lot of stuff and a lot of things that they thought were, you know, going to be said in secret or whatever that were tweets or emails or IMs back and forth that are all coming out. Yep. And, you know, you begin to learn and see real clearly what, what was really going on at that place. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of those people's careers could be devastated yeah. just because of what they talked about and what they did. The digital world is forever. It is. It is. And we, you know, we try to teach these young people, these young people, we try to teach, we try to teach them that that's true. And it doesn't really sink in because you're kind of, you're young and vulnerable and you don't think about those things. But the reality is, and there's nothing that you're going to put out there that's, that couldn't be turned around or found. Yeah. You know, it's a digital world and there's a lot of storage is cheap out there, man. Man. And I, I think about, you know, growing up that if, if that film wasn't developed, and if it wasn't in the, the the physical picture wasn't in the hands of a You're person right. that you don't want to get to, then it, it didn't happen. Right. Right. It was all hearsay at that right. point. You know, now go delete a tweet, go delete an IM, go delete an email. It will be found. If it's ever been put out there, somebody, somebody screenshotted it. Not no, Well, and even that, like if you think, if you go through and delete all your IMs that you don't want HR to see, yep. there's somebody out there that can find it with, with, oh, yeah. with five strokes of a key. Oh, I'm sure. And, and you'll be exposed. It reminds me to go delete a hard drive. Yeah, no kidding. Wait a minute. We don't have those anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't have those anymore. It's, it's all, all cloud-based. We don't in, control it's it. It's all yeah. in the cloud. Well, cool, man. Hey, I've, uh, I've enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I'll, I'll set a boundary now and say we need to end this. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those somber conversations. Like, it's not fun. It's not wah, sexy, wah, but wah. It, 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 maybe we needed to I don't know. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Until <laughs> right. next time. Till next time.